All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Catching Up with Chubbs. I'm your host, Colin Hubbard. We have my producer, Jake Cantrell, across the room. How are we doing? And today we have a really special guest, Jess Wilder, the head wrestling coach at Camden County High School, one of the best programs, if not the best program in the state of Georgia right now. How are you doing today, coach? I'm doing fine. Thank you. So we know your background started at the, or at least before you got to Camden, was in the, the college ranks at Cumberland's. So you go there, you start that program. Just talk a little bit about that and how you were able to to have find success right off the bat and turn that into a pretty, you know, prominent program before you left to come to Camden. Uh, well, I was a grad assistant at Carson Newman College. I, I graduated from Carson Newman and then I went back home and Coach Aaliyah, uh asked me if I'd be interested in coming back and working on my master's and being a grad assistant. So uh, I didn't have anything, uh, you know, else going on really that would be better opportunity than that. So I jumped on it, and uh, toward the end of my first year in grad school up there, um, the president of University of Cumberland at the time, he was a former wrestler, uh, his name was Dr. Taylor, and he inquired uh, with the Carson Newman administration on starting a wrestling program. And uh, so they kind of handed it over to Coach Aaliyah, and Coach Aaliyah was a financial aid director and a wrestling coach. So he kind of, um, you know, talked to them and, and told them, you know, the, you know, I guess the ins and outs is what it would take. And, uh, you know, I was a grad assistant at the time and definitely not the most qualified candidate for the job, but I was in the right place at the right time. And, and Coach Aaliyah said, I already have your head coach, and uh, he's my assistant right now. And, you know, and he kind of gave me a recommendation, and I, I really don't even think there's a, much of a job search, to be honest with you. I was uh, went up there and interviewed and, and you know, just took it from there. So with you being a first-time head coach, especially at the college ranks, um, how, are you, how are you able to, to turn it into a successful program right away? I mean, or was it, was it a slow process at first? Um. Well, I mean, I think that uh, we were competitive right away, not, you know, as far as we had some good kids. I, You know, I had a couple kids on the team that um, were – actually, I had two kids on the team that were older than I was, but, you know, that had went to other schools and uh, things didn't pan out, and they were just sitting around working. So when they found out that I was a head coach, they called me and inquired on, you know, getting back into school to try to finish the degree and compete. So I had a couple older kids come, which is actually good because – we weren't all just, you know, 18 year old kids. Um, and then I just, you know, I, I just called, you know, like you would in any job. I just networked, you know, any friends I had that were coaching in high school, you know, at the time, um, you know, in Florida and Georgia and just started uh, recruiting that way. And Coach Leah, again, he helped me. He, uh, you know, there was a lot, of, he had a lot of recruits that he really didn't have money for. And he said, you know, he would refer them to me or, or give me their information and I'd contact them. So, but, you know, we definitely, you know, the first year we, you know, we started from scratch, but, um, you know, it, it eventually, um, you know, the, a little bit of success helped with recruiting and, and, um, and just friends really just, you know, with college and with recruiting, it's, you know, personal relationships a lot where they, you know, they know that their kid's not going to get done wrong. They know he's going to get a fair opportunity. They know that the coach is not lying to them about money or not necessarily lying, but, you know, uh, manipulating, playing with words, playing with, you know, numbers. Um, but anyway, so, so I think that, that, um, that helped, um, helped me get started. Uh, you know, he obviously wouldn't have as many connections as a 50 year old coach, but it, you know, enough that it was able to fill a lineup and, uh, 
you know, and, and just start scrapping from there. What were some of your fondest memories from those days of, of uh, coaching at Cumberland's? Um, you know, it's going to sound cliche, but uh, definitely signing poor kids, um, watching first-generation graduates, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, we did have some national champs, and, you know, and that was cool. We finished third in the nation uh, my last year there before I resigned a couple months later. It was our best team, so – you know, we had a lot of, lot of, lot of fun wins and a lot of individual athletic accomplishments. But uh, ultimately, the best part was uh, recruiting a kid that you knew this was his opportunity to change his life, and uh, and then when they would trust you enough to to take that chance. And most of them were coming from far away, you know. Right. So you know, Williamsburg, Kentucky is a long ways from you know uh, Orlando, Florida or Miami, Florida, or, you know, and even, you know, even Atlanta, Georgia, the suburbs of that, you're passing a lot of schools, uh, and more qualified, uh, you know, more, I guess, uh, established programs to get to Williamsburg. So, you know, you feel obligated to them, not, you know, just not just as a coach, but as a human being to, uh, see them through. So it was really cool to watch, you know, and then I still, you know, obviously friends with, a lot of the kids that, well, they're grown men with families now that wrestle for me. And, and you, know, you know, some of them are head college coaches, some of them are teachers, some of them are businessmen. Some went in the military and made a full career of it. I mean, just a, just a ton of success stories. Uh, you know, obviously, in for their, uh, I guess, not trying to compliment myself, to, that they've done such a phenomenal job of taking, uh, you know, being uh, first time, taking advantage of that opportunity and now just changing their, their family uh last name forever right and and do you feel like i guess like the sport of wrestling kind of lends to that i mean obviously as a coach like i mean across any sport you know that's the thing that we hear is you know changing young people's lives or whatever but um, i mean do you feel like the sport of wrestling i guess like just the way it is and and like the perseverance aspect you know or the you know individual thing i mean do you feel like that lends itself to that as well Oh, um, I, I think it definitely plays a part in it because, you know, that, you know, wrestling is not a fun sport. You know, I, you know, people play basketball for fun, play pickup football games for fun, but wrestling is, it's, it's kind of a street fight, you know, with, with some rules. Um, so, you know, really it's more of a grind and, and, and get, you know, being uncomfortable, being disciplined um, and, and not complaining, you know, and that's pretty much the, you know, the keys to, you know, getting yourself promoted in your careers and, and in your jobs is, you know, starting off uncomfortable and trying not to complain and, and grinding and working hard um, until, you know, you can have a level of success and, and, and work to that point. So I think, you know, you know, wrestling, you know, just the nature of the sport definitely makes tougher human beings, you know, more resilient um, uh, and less whiny, you know, per se, but, um, but, you know, I, yeah, I, I think I think so. You know, I think that, um, you know, the, the fact that these kids bought into this being life changing, not, you know, yeah, we want you to be an all American. Yeah. We want you to be a national champ, but you know what, this is it. This is, this is, uh, the most important, you know, four years of your life. This will dictate, you know, most people, if they're unsuccessful at 28, they're unsuccessful at 58. If they're successful at 28, they're successful at 58. I mean, they just, the, the truth is, is most people don't change much. You know, you know, the, the development, in my opinion, the development years are ninth grade till four or five years after you graduate high school. And, you know, whatever you've done in those eight to 10 years, 
will dictate, you know, the quality of life or, or you know, that you live uh, for the next 50 until you pass. Uh, you know, whether that means going to the military and staying, sticking with it and doing what you're supposed to do or starting your own business or going to college and finishing a degree, you know, whatever it is, th- those years are, you know, staying out of trouble during those years and doing something positive during those years, you know, are going to dictate it. I mean, and you know, sometimes at 45, someone, you know, does something special and changes their life. But, you know, that's why it's a story because they failed for so many years and now they did something special. And sometimes they're successful at 45, all the way up to age 45. And they, you know, Lord forbid, do some crime that that sets them back to, but but for the most part, uh, I think, you know, those years are important to, you know, for the next 50. And and, and so I think the kids knowing and believing that that, that was true um, was uh, the key to them being successful. When you were a grad assistant, were you always planning and hoping to be a, a coach at either the college ranks or the high school ranks? Was that always a goal of yours or did it did kind of looking back, was it almost just fortunate that you were able to get a job as young as you were right off the bat and, and start that? Um, you know, it absolutely was not a goal of mine to be a, uh, a college coach or uh, even a high school teacher and a wrestling coach at all. Um, my goal was to not be poor. Um, to, uh, you know, that was, that was the only goal I had. I just did not want to be poor. And, you know, when I went back to grad, took the grad assistant job, it's because I didn't really have a good job, you know, right out of college anyway. And I didn't want to, you know, be a bum, you know, and I, but I just, I just knew I didn't want to be poor. So I took the grad assistant job and then once, you know, I knew how to work. And, and so once I got hired as a head coach, then I just went to work, you know, I just started asking people, you know, what they do and, you know, the ins and outs. I went to financial aid, tried to figure out their job, went to admissions, tried to figure out their job, you know, talked to other wrestling coaches, you know, and I couldn't coach anything. I mean, I was terrible coach uh, at the beginning. I remember coach Aaliyah, you know, probably a month after I got the job, he said, Hey, you know, coach, or Jess obviously called me. He's like, why don't you come or really calls everyone kid. Hey kid, why don't you come down and, and work a couple sessions for me at our camp? I was like, oh, all right, cool. He's like, I'll give you a couple hundred dollars a session. I'm like, wow, that's great. Awesome. So I go down there. And I was like, all right, coach, what do you want me to teach? He goes, I'll oh, just teach basics. Just teach uh, a setup, you know, just closing the gap, a single leg, you know, and this and that. And just finish it, you know, whatever you want. And I said to myself, you know, single leg. I mean, like, how do you teach a single leg? Like, I know how to finish a single leg. I never shoot a single leg, but I know how to finish a single leg. But I never really broke down like, okay, my knee position, my head position, my, you know, my hand wraps around here. My, you know, I drive into this position. Here's my setup, you know, just because I, I like to, you know, dig under hooks. And then, you know, I was more of a tie up type of guy and, uh, and a counter guy when they shot and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I realized fast, like, wow, you know, I need to learn how to coach. I need to learn technique that I never used. And, and, uh, so, you know, but, you know, so I did, you know, as soon as the first class came in, you know, I had kids that wrestled for coach Joe Carr, who's a phenomenal coach, you know, I had kids that coached uh, for Le- uh, wrestled for LaPrade, you know, in Somerville, you know, who was a phenomenal family, you know, uh, you know, so basically those kids and I, you know, they, I just absorbed what they learned. Hey, how did your coach teach, you know, the cradle series, what finishes he show? What did he think was most important? You know, so you just, you know, you gotta be humble enough to, uh, you know, even ask your own athletes, you know, and then just basically just try to put together a, a technique, you know, that was successful and, you know, and just learn, you know, just keep keep watching other people and learning. Back then you didn't really have videos like you do now. You had some few VHS tapes that were out there, but I mean, 
it was really a way that people learn now you can just go online and google anything you want and, and try to learn different techniques but still not the only answer to coaching obviously but it, but right. it's, it's helpful I mean, and so I guess did you know trying to make that transition from wrestler to coach? I mean, was it I guess a little bit easier because you're already in the college ranks, and so you know, like maybe that comes um, a little easier because I mean, I'm assuming by the, if you get to the college point, then you must know something. Yeah, I mean, so I think being a young coach helped me because I was still able to scrap, you know, and and really wrestlers, you know, in general don't. Uh, peak until about 26 27 so most of us our best years as far as wrestling where we start having the full knowledge of of the technique and then mentally we're more confident and you know maybe the stress is just gone from legit competition but anyway you know being over the you know when the recruits come in you know as much as uh we don't we want to act like it's not that relevant in coaching you know when someone beats the crap out of you you listen and i'm not saying i could beat the crap out of them you know when they're a freshman and recruits of course, hopefully, you know, you don't, you don't want to wrestle with a recruit and he beats the crap out of you. Now, if I would have been at Iowa, you know, that probably could have happened, but you know, I wasn't, you know, I was trying to uh, bring kids in that I knew could be really good at the college level. But that first year, kids developed like crazy during that first year in college. I mean, they, they just changed uh, mentally. So, you know, you know, being able to scrap with the kids and being 23, you know, w- was helpful to kind of get them to buy in that this guy might not know what he's talking about. Um, and, you know, and just respect, you know, I know that you're not supposed to say that you get respect by beating the crap out of someone, but the truth is in wrestling, you do respect someone that beats the crap out of you or you listen to them anyway, for one reason or the other. Um, you know, but, uh, I also had to learn that just because I like a duck under, or just because I like an underhook, you can't teach your whole team. You know, you, you have to understand they're not going to do it, you know, or so, certain kids, that's not their style. Or I like an arm drag. Why don't you just arm drag him? He's holding your wrist arm drag him. I've told you 50 times, grabs your wrist, arm drag or duck it. And then the kids are still out there like the deer in headlights when they grab your wrist. So I was like beating a dead horse. And then I had to realize, you know, every obviously every kid's different and they come, especially at the college level, they come from different programs. Uh, and so I had to adjust my coaching, um, you know, based on, on the kids and what they showed up with. So how long did you end up coaching at Cumberland's? Uh, I was there nine years as that coach. Gotcha. So, and then you transitioned to Camden right after that. I did. Um, I had, um, I had a three or four year old boy and then a girl about a year and a half younger than him. him. And, uh, so, and I'm from Florida and I, I kind of had in the back of my head that I would always eventually be back in Florida. But, um, I, you know, I knew I was a year a year or two away from coming, you know, within a year of, of heading south. You know, I looked at other college jobs, you know, in, in the back of my mind. But I, I really kind of, in a weird way, you know, felt uh, like I'd be disloyal if I left Cumberland to go to another college job. Um, so, I, you know, I, I didn't want my kids, my children to uh, – I wanted them to start in a school system and finish in that same school system. That was my goal, you know? Um, so I knew that I wasn't going to stay, you know, 20 years at Cumberland's. So I said, well, you know, within this year or the next, I need to start looking for a job, preferably in Florida or on the coast. And, um, you know, that, that, um, I can start my kids in kindergarten and I can see them through. I just, you know, I always thought it was cool. Like, uh, 
these kids that like I, I went to five different elementary schools, then a different state for middle school and then a different state for high school, you know. So I just I thought it was kind of cool when you yeah, have a friend in 10th grade that said, yeah, I was friends with John in second grade. Look at this picture. We went to this elementary school together, you know, and I was always a little, uh, you know, I don't want to say jealous, but envious of that. So I wanted it for my kids. Uh, so I started looking, you know, and then um, by by the time I started looking, I had a friend um, who was the head coach at Camden at the time, um, Charlie Higdon, and I had a friend that uh, these, uh, me and Charlie's older brother were best friends in college, and he was uh, so he was a little younger than me, but but you know we we knew each other really well and their fa- our families really well, and then I had a kid. Uh, Barlotta who wrestled for me at, as a college coach, um, actually were teammates with me and then transferred when I got the head job. Uh, but anyway, so he was at Glen Academy, which is here in Brunswick, Georgia. So right. I started looking at the, you know, and then I started talking to my buddies that were high school coaches and, um, for Florida and Georgia and the pay scale was so different. I mean, you made so much more money in, in Georgia and plus with extra degrees, you make a lot more money in Georgia than Florida. And so I started kind of saying, okay, Let's look at the areas that, uh, you know, is on the coast. It's as far south as I can go, you know. So I, I like to say that I was looking for the Florida lifestyle with the Georgia pay scale. And so I narrowed it down to the kind of this area. And um, I considered Glen Academy, but uh, they wanted me to coach like two or three other sports. And I'm like, I'm not going somewhere where I'm working harder than I did as a college coach, you know. You know, I'm not going to be able to see my kids and all that kind of stuff. So I, I wasn't really – didn't really like that. And then uh, at Camden, they said, yeah, you can just coach the middle school wrestling team and, uh, you know, help out with the high school coach, you know, if, you know, if he needs you or whatever. So I said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So uh, we, we moved and made that move to Camden County. And the um, first year I was here, I was a middle school coach and, you know, and the high school coach asked me to help come up and help with high school practice. I would, but for the most part, I was just uh, kind of in a, semi-retirement mode as far as a wrestling coach uh, position. I w- had no intentions of uh, being a head coach in, in high school or putting, to be honest with you, much time into it because I just, you know, was done and wanted to raise my kids and, you know, and, and I wanted to take them to sports and, and, and activities and all that stuff. So, so, I mean, Camden seems like a great place to live. Like personally, I've lived in Georgia my entire life and I've maybe only been to that area one or two times and, it seems like a, a beautiful place. You know, you got the beach right there. So for those in Georgia listening that have never been to that area or, you know, anywhere down at that near that area, what, you know, just kind of describe it. Like what's it like living in Camden County? Um, you know, it, it, it was a little different for me because, you know, my years uh, in high school, I was at went to Palm Bay, which is more of a city, you know, and, and a very multicultured and, and uh, you know, transient place and so at first here you know it, it it's pretty cool because it's a weird mix because you got some real country obviously some real country folk um and then you got the military you got the navy so they bring people from all over you know obviously all over america uh and then you know it's kind of a mix between that and then you're just jacksonville's kind of growing into camden a little bit you know and so people they'll get jobs in Jacksonville, they'll live in Camden because it's only a 25, 30 minute commute. So that way they're in a, uh, we'll say nicer, more safer, you know, less crime uh, type area. But it's, it's kind of a cool area because you can get to the beach in, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Or if you got a boat, you can go right out on, on one of the, uh, 
one of the launches and, and be in salt water pretty quick, you know, 10 minutes from your house. Um, and, and, you know, so, but it's only, like I said, well, I can get to the Jacksonville airport faster. My sister lived in South Jacksonville. I could get the Jacksonville airport from, from Camden County, Georgia, faster than she could. It's about 25 miles from me. So it's kind of like you, you want the big city or something out of the big city. It's, it's right down the road. It's 25, 30 minutes away. Um, if, if you want the small town, you know, the one school system, that's what we got here. Um, it's cool. Um, it, it, we have that. Um, and it's, it's, like I said, it's pretty, pretty country, you know, lots of wild hogs and, you know, and, and good people. So you know, that's a, that's a, for the, for the most part, obviously, you know, there's bad people everywhere, but for the most part, Camden County is a lot of good people. Gotcha. So, you know, I've always wondered, especially now, like you look at Camden County wrestling, obviously you guys have been dominant for the past seven years. You won seven straight titles, but when you got there, I don't think it was considered a dominant program at the time, right? Like talk about the state of the program when you first took over. Um, You know, they were just, the the administration was just trying to reach out to put some, some, a little more effort into the wrestling program. The, uh, a guy by the name of Brian Spradlin, whose boys went on to be state placers um, and, and won a state champion. Um, he, he was a, like a real wrestling coach, you know, I mean, he was an engineer on base, but he would do the club practice and, and do the off season circuits and stuff with his little kids. And so I think that, um, he got in the year of Mark Durham, who was an assistant principal at the time and who would coach wrestling himself and his, his boys would wrestle as well. So he's like, Hey, you know, we just, we really need to get a real wrestling coach in here. Someone who's coached before or has experience or success, you know, maybe wrestling in college or something. And, um, so, uh, and then, so, you know, Mr. Durham kind of got the ball rolling with, uh, uh, re- recruiting, uh, uh, I guess an experienced coach. And that's when they went out and got my, my best friend's little brother, um, to be the head coach down here. Well, that's, and I guess indirectly is what lured me to this area is because I was friends with him. And, and so when I started looking around, he said, shoot, if you're looking to move to this area, man, we, we'll, we'll see if we can try to find your job. And, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. So, it kind of one thing led to the other. Um, and then after the first year I got here, he, he moved on with his wife to, she was getting her master's in uh, nursing up in the uh, suburbs of Atlanta. So they moved away. And so I was just kind of sitting here, you know, as the really just the middle school coach. And, um, and they just said, you know, do you want to, do you want to take the job? And I, I really didn't want to, to be honest with you. Um, but I, my, we just moved and, you know, and I promise I didn't want to be one of those guys that moves a million times. And so I just, uh, you know, I asked the wife, you know, you know, I don't want to be a head coach and suck. You know, I don't want to, you know, I had success at Cumberland. I'm kind of competitive anyways. And I was like, I just can't, I just can't be a head coach and, and do the bare minimal. And, you know, so if I take this job, you know, it's going to take a lot of, a lot of my, you know, my time, but, you know, we're going to have to do this as a family. And, uh, she was, she said, I don't want to move. You know, I like it here. We just got here, you know, let's, let's do it. So we did. As far as the talent goes, do you feel like the talent was always down there from the day you stepped in or, or was the talent just, has it just increased tremendously in the past seven years? Uh, you know, honestly, we have less talented kids wrestling now than we did before I got here. And, you know, as far as just pure athletes, you know, um, because they won't, they won't do the, the work, you know, overall, 
that, that we require of the kids and the expectations we have and stuff like that. And, and, and I don't want to sound negative, but that's, that's the truth. Um, I, I kind of gave up on pure athletes, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, they just, they just get um, courted too much by other coaches, you know, and then they're kind of, you get them in ninth, if you get them in ninth grade, they, you know, they, they've had, they've had coaches since they were seven years old, teach them the wrong thing. Oh, you don't have to work hard. You don't have to, I mean, they didn't ver- verbally say these things or right. you don't have to show up to practice, you know, they, and it just it becomes such a headache. And then, you know, you know, then if you're the guy, they're doing another sport and they're able to be a certain way, or maybe they're just, it's just, they don't have to work as hard or maybe they're already good in the other sport. So you get a good athlete out for wrestling. He's a great athlete, you know, just make up whatever sport you want to say and they're good at it. And then they suck at wrestling the first month. They're going to quit. They're 90% of the time they're going to quit on you. So I just got tired of wasting my time and efforts into the better athletes. Oh, you got to get this kid to come out. You got to get this come out. And they, and you don't even have to be tough to be a great athlete. You don't have to be tough at all. If you run a four, three, four, you can be the biggest wimp in the school and you're going to run, you're going to run a a, a fly, you know, and that's just all there is to it. And then you can drop the ball half the time. You're still going to play and they're going to run. So I just got sick of that crap. So I just, you know, I said, I'm looking for, for low, low body fat kids or kids that are looking for an identity and, and, you know, kids that'll work. And, and and that's kind of what we did. So, it's it's you know and it's the exact opposite of what you know when I was I used to have camps when I was at Cumberland and all my buddies were high school coaches and so they bring their teams and so I you know once I got to about two years away when I knew I was leaving I he would ask them we'd be hanging out you know and I'd say what 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 do we got to do to be a good high school coach like how do you get good you know and they, and they would all give most of them would say the same two things and people still say these same two things you got to get the best athletes and you got to start a youth program. Well, you know what? Both of those failed for us down here. I mean, you know, the, the youth program, the kids would, you know, because it's a military town, half those kids would move every other year. You know, we get move outs. We don't get move ins here for some reason. But uh, anyway, um, and, and you know, and the athletes would quit. You know, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to focus on this sport. Or I'm going to focus on that sport. Like, okay, whatever, dude. You don't want to do the work. That's fine. Uh, so the two things that I was told would be, and, and it does probably work at a lot of places. Well, it didn't, it didn't work for me. You know, maybe I was the problem, but it didn't work here. Um, so I just got away from that. Started finding kids that were looking for something to do that didn't have anything to do. And and it's it's worked out fine, of course. I'd say so. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of where I was going next is, I mean, are most of the uh, the people that you have on your team, you know, I mean, does that tend to be like their one sport? Or, I mean, do you have yeah. a bunch of multi-sport guys? Or? Um, most of them, it's their one sport, but... The, here's the the irony is there it's not their one sport because they quit other sports to become a wrestler it's their one sport because they never did a sport until they became a wrestler wow. so you know it, it, and, you know we do have a couple kids that you know we have a couple kids that may play soccer and wrestle we may have a couple one or two that play football and wrestle but for the most part um they're just they're just wrestlers you know they they were you know just kids walking in the hallway that you know, I and, and, and this is going to sound again, it's, it's definitely not traditional, but I would say, hey, do you play a sport? And if they said, yes, I do this, I was like, all right, cool, man. Nice to meet you. And I just keep walking. Hey, man, do you play a sport? Uh, well, no, I used to. Okay, well, why did you stop? Well, okay, well, here, let me give you this form. You know, I'm the wrestling coach. I'd like you to consider coming out for wrestling. And that's kind of, you know, the opposite of, against the grain. But, it, but again, it, it it's kind of worked for us 
And, and yeah, we, we don't just, you know, we wouldn't turn anyone away. Obviously if the best right. athlete in every grade is like, Hey, I want to wrestle, man. We'd be like, this is too good to be true. You know, <laughs> and we give it a shot, but, but you can't, you can't fill 14 weight classes and be pretty good without, you know, by, by hoping that a kid comes back out in 10th grade that was out in ninth grade, you know, or hoping that, you know, and, and, and that's kind of what was happening with the other, uh, the other method for us anyway. Right. That's so interesting to me because looking at Camden County from the outside, I would think for sure you would have a huge youth program and a pipeline from the time that these kids are 10, 11, 12 years old that they know, hey, I'm training to be a, a wrestler at Camden County and a future state champion. But according to you, that's uh, not really the case at all. We're begging them. We're begging them in the hallways. Wow. Still begging incredible. them in the hallways in ninth grade. That's um, you know, we, we do have a middle school team's. Um, and, but really we, I, you know, I, I tell the coaches, let's not go, let's not be hardcore. Let's keep the technique real simple and let's get them some matches. Let them, you know, win and lose, let them see if they're going to come back after they lose, let them see if they're going to, you know, and get a t-shirt so we can recognize them and, you know, in ninth grade in the hallways and get them out, you know, to get them plugged back in. But, um, you know, we'll have a few, you know, hot runners whose dad likes it and they, they like it and they'll do some traveling and they'll get good. But as a team, you know, we've never like, okay, we're going to take our middle, we're going to try to win the middle school championships. We're going to go to USA or AU State and we're going to try to dominate and show them that we're, you know, that it just, you know, we will, there'll be a time for to get hardcore. And, and I just don't think the time is necessarily that early. Um, but, you know, I had a couple kids my first couple years, they, they'd start in ninth grade or maybe they started in eighth grade and by 10th, 11th grade, they're competitive on the state level. So that broke me right there. I said, I'm not spending till eight o'clock at night with, you know, seven year olds, nine year olds when they're going to quit or move, you know, I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'll get them in seventh grade or eighth grade or ninth grade. And, and eventually they'll either be all in or they'll be all out. Um, and, and, and it's worked, but you know, it's like the, the communist countries, you know, they pretty much do gymnastics, right? You know, they do body awareness and stuff like that until about sixth grade. And they say, hey, you're going to be a wrestler. You're going to be a gymnast. You're going to be a baseball player. You know, so I kind of look at it like that, you know, this, they, they don't have to be lifetime wrestlers to be high school state champions. I mean, uh, I think I was talking to the, to the kids today in weight training. And I was like, you know, I think, a, I think 11 of our 14 kids at the state tournament this year started wrestling in, in ninth grade, you know, wow. so but they weren't, they weren't athletes. So it sounds bad on the surface, but it wasn't that bad because they're available in June, you know, they're, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and honestly, they preach sometimes some of them, some of them appreciate it more because they haven't had, you know, necessarily the, the, um, the sunshine on them, you know, in their, in their youth life and stuff like that. Well, with that being said, I guess the million dollar question is how have you guys been able to win seven straight duels and traditional state titles? Um, I think, uh, you know, with our scheduling, you know, we, we try to keep our, um, second string kids and third string kids, we, we keep them competing. You know, we do, uh, in the off season, we won't go to events unless everyone can compete and everyone can practice and everyone, you know, so basically make the schedule where, where, um, you know, every, a kid, every kid has as almost the same opportunities as each other, you know, it's, it's not based on who's the most, who's the best kid in the room or the town. It's, you know, who's willing to work uh, and show up. And, you know, eventually, obviously you have to have, you know, 
wrestle-offs per se at the very end or you have to, you know, but for the most part, we just try to keep as many kids working as often as possible. Um, and, and, you know, once it gets into regular season, then we start worrying about, you know, weight classes or that kind of stuff. But other than that, we're just trying to just teach kids the sport. With not knowing if you're going to have a, a lot of talent on a year-to-year basis, are you almost surprised that there hasn't been, you know, a year here and there where all of a sudden you guys aren't competing for state titles? Or as a coach, do you always are you always confident enough to know that, hey, my guys, no matter how good we are, no, no matter how many state champion caliber wrestlers we have on the team, we're always going to be able to compete for a title? No, I, I worry about it. You know, I worry about it, especially the last two years. You know, we – we, we lost a lot of kids. Like there was a good run there, I think around 15 through 18 or maybe even 19. Yeah. Where we had, we were pretty good. I mean, we were, I felt like we were going to win it, you know, in, in October or you really after the state tournament the year before, you know, the year before I said, well, I think we're going to win it because we're going to continue to prove we got this kid coming back. But two years ago we knew uh, we lost, I think 10 or 11 of 14. Wow. And we had kids that were working. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't they weren't kicking people's butt in the in the uh, tournaments, you know, that they were competing in. So the last two years, we you know we were we barely beat Collinsville last year in the duels and the traditional. A lot of things went, a lot of things could have flipped the uh, the winner loser in a duel and traditional event. Um, and honestly, um, this year we were worried all year. I mean, you know, we were training to you know to be in a battle. And it was a battle. I mean, you know, the, the scores look, do look lopsided, but, and in a tournament or in a dual meet, there's just a lot of things that can happen that, that, that can change the, the end result. Um, and we just were fortunate that, you know, pretty much most of our kids brought their a game, um, uh, for both, both events, you know? So, right. How proud have you been of the success since you've been there? I mean, just looking at your website and the state champions that Camden County has had, they only had three up until 2008, and since 2008, I'm looking at the list. It looks like about 30 different wrestlers have won a state title. Um, how, how impressive has this run been, considering everything that you've already said about this being an area that's that can be transient, and you guys not knowing the talent that you'll have on a year-to-year basis? I, you know, I, I don't really, I don't look at the past really that much i try not i don't really i just think that slows people down and it makes people complacent um so i figure you know when i am done being a head coach at that point i'll you know i'll I'll sit down you know on the beach and and have a cooler gatorade and and i'll stare out and go wow man we really did this you know but till then i don't I, you know, I'm not going to say I don't care, but, but I don't, I don't look back and, and just stare at it and go, wow, we're awesome. This is great. You know, look what we did. You know, it's like, what do we got to do next? You know, we're, right. we're going to lose next year if we don't do this and do that and stuff like that. And that's pretty much the way it's got to be, um, to I, I, my opinion, to sustain and plus to just to, to want to go to work, you know, to, to want to put time in, you know, you, you can't, you can't look backwards. You can cherish those things, you know, and, and you, you're glad that your wrestlers can, you know, that are, that are the former placers and champs and on championship teams. And you're glad that the parents can, 
um, and, and not to diminish anything because it is it's a phenomenal time for, for uh, both, you know, but it's not something as a coach that, um, you know, that I remotely look back on. Gotcha. As far as the way you've changed as a coach, how much have you changed from your days back at Cumberland till, till today? Are you pretty much the same guy or have you grown and, and changed in your ways a lot? I'm probably nicer now, <laughs> even though that would might be a hard sell to my current wrestlers. But, um, you know, I, and, you know, when you coach college kids, obviously you, you can, you know, be a little more, uh, direct with them. Uh, and they're, they're a little smarter and, and obviously they're older, you know? So, you know, and I was younger, so I was, I was were I was a bad coach, you know? I mean, I was, you know, I, mean, I don't want to say a bad coach, but I definitely made a lot of bad mistakes, um, you know, coaching mistakes, you know? Uh, so I try to be, you know, now a little, a little smarter with, uh, you know, just whatever, just general stuff. Um, I think technically I'm a lot, lot better coach now than I was back then. Back then it was like, we're going to brawl, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to do some technique, but basically we're going to be tough. We're going to brawl and, uh, and we're going to be in shape and, you know, and, and we're not going to, we're not going to bow down to anybody, you know, that's going to be the mentality, you know? So now today we still try to have that, but at a high school level, it's a little less, you know, intense i guess um but um but i think i'm better technically now and i I understand that you know technique is such a big difference in high school and college you know it's not as you know it's not as big of a deal because everyone's got for the most part got good college coaches and good college assistants and good wrestlers on the team you know they can spread the the wealth of the knowledge but in high school if you can give kids a, a technical advantage, you've given them a pretty substantial advantage uh, in a lot of matches. Right. Uh, Talk a little bit about your assistant coaches and what kind of role they play. I mean, we talked to the uh, the SE, SE Wrestle guy, and he said that's one of the most important things in building a successful program is having good assistant coaches that you can rely on and, and guys that, that know yeah. what they're doing. So um, how big of a help have, have your assistant coaches been in the success of Camden County? Well, I mean, they've been huge from the beginning. Um, my my uh, first year here, um, well, I, I for sure I got offered the head job. It came with a, a ninth grade center PE health position. I, at the time when I was doing middle school, I taught uh, the alternative school, which is where the kids get you know kicked out of regular school. They go to alternative school. Right. Well, when they offered me the position, you know, as, when they said, "All right, you're going to be the head coach, so you get to come over here to this better teaching position per se." in the ninth grade center, um, I said, well, can I just keep my position at the alternative school and bring in a, a quality assistant coach to take that teaching spot and, and fill the uh, assistant wrestling coaching spot with that. And the idea at the time was like, that's probably the dumbest thing I ever heard. Why would you do that? And I was like, because I don't, I'm okay where I'm at. He's like, you want to stay in the alternative school instead of coming over here? I said, yeah, these kids don't bother me. You know, um, you know, I'm good with this. And he said, well, you know, they said, if that's what you want to do with your position, then that's fine. And so I, you know, I called a kid that, you know, had placed it at nationals for me at, at Cumberland, Ryan Alfow, and got him in. And uh, he's a young guy. And, and he, so and he was a good coach. And so, uh, you know, we just started working right off. So that's kind of how it started, you know. And then I had a, Ryan Durham, who I was telling the story earlier about his dad, Mark Durham. Uh, who was, uh, you know, kind of the started getting the idea of actually hiring a, a, a coach with a little experience in the system. Um, he was just graduating high school, so he was he's a smart dude, English teacher. So, 
he was coming back to the area. So uh, I, I got him in and, and, um, or, you know, got him involved with the program instantly. Cause you know, because what he brought to the, to the, uh, program and, you know, ironically, there was a guy named Frank Laconi, who was a two-time division one All-American that was teaching biology in our hallways here at the high school. And he wow. was only like 29 years old, you know, at the time. And wow. I found out about that. And I said, man, I went over and said, what do you do? Why are you not coaching wrestling? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm tired. I've burned out from it. You know, I said, man, you know, and he just looks like a biology teacher too. I mean, you know, he just doesn't look like a, a two-time division one All-American. I said, man, how can I get you out there to help, you know, teach, teach wrestle moves? And, well, I, I, you know, I just don't want to do Thanksgiving. I can't do Christmas. You know, I, you know, I got a family now and, and I said, I said, can you do Tuesdays and Thursdays? And he, he said, I said, Tuesday and Thursdays, you don't even have to go on the trips if you don't want to. And he was like, well, you know, I said, I can give you this amount of money. You come in on Tuesday and Thursdays. Uh, you know, what do you like to teach? You can teach what you like to teach. What do you like to teach? What do you do? You know, I like the arm bars. And I said, okay, you can teach arm bars. And he was like, so he went home and came back. He said, I can do it, you know, Tuesday and Thursdays, and I'll teach this and that. I said, all right, come on in. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of been, you know, built like that all the way, you know, up, you know, where you just kind of find a, 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 some of the guys were already here. Some came back because they were related here. Some I brought here. But, our you know, our current um, coaches that help, um, uh, there's Andy Metters, who was a national champ for me when I coached at Cumberland's. Um, he was a Florida State champ, and he's, a, you know, you know, off the charts technician. You know, he's he got coach of the years uh, two years ago, so he's a coach of the year. Um, he just, you know, he, he was the head coach at Cumberland's when I left for three years. Okay. Um, and then he went down to Florida, coached a couple years of high school. And then, um, uh, we were, you know, that pay scale down there is not that great. And, uh, so we kind of lured him back up here and, and he's been here since. Um, so he's, you know, super, super good coach. Um, honestly, I was at a tournament at Southeastern university a couple of years ago and we had a Spanish position open here and, uh, at the high school. And so I said, okay, I'm going to jump on that Spanish position. So I was at a tournament and I was talking to a couple uh, buddies um, down in Florida. And I said, you know, I said, Hey, do you guys know anyone that's a Spanish teacher looking for a job? No, no, no. Any wrestling people. I said, well, how about a kid that speaks Spanish, you know, a Spanish kid, that's a wrestler, you know, and they started laughing. Well, you know, what about Fernandez? He just graduated college. What's he doing? And so they, they give me, I said, well, who is it? What's his side? What's he look like? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Give me his number. So I called him right there. I went out the steps out of the gym, called him. was like, Hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm the wrestling coach at Camden County. And, uh, and my understanding is you speak Spanish and we need a Spanish teacher. And, and he was like, well, I want to be a teacher, but you know, I, I'm not certified in this. And I said, well, you got to take these classes. You got to take these tests, but if you're willing to, to do the work, you know, I, I can ask the administration if, uh, if we can get you in and, and get you on staff and he, and he's, you know, he's a wrestler, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll do anything, you know, I'm, you know, I'll work, I'll do whatever I need to do to, to get certified. And that was probably five years ago. And now he's, you know, certified, he's teaching special education, you know, he switched over to that and he, he's doing a great job as a coach and as a teacher. So, you know, he, so he's my, my other guy. And then we got, um, and what was his name? Guy named Dan Cruz. Uh, Abe Fernandez is his name. Gotcha. Abe Fernandez. And he's, you know, I, his nickname shorty and he's about five three 124 pounds and you can scrap so that's worth gold it's worth gold in college coaching it's definitely worth gold in high school coach you know having a young guy that and he's young so he, you know so he, he's done a great job with our lightweights they've first with him around um 
And we have a guy named Dan Krug who um, he's retired, uh, you know, from like a federal law enforcement training center. He's, uh, you know, a stand-up guy. And he, um, he actually travels around and gets paid to, to uh, coach uh, the Perler system, which is a, a wrestling system that, you know, travels around the country and offers camps and clinics and stuff like that. He lives here. His son was a three-time state champ for us at Camden. And so he, he just volunteers this time and, uh, you know, runs club practices and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, that's been our, our you know, our main uh, core the last. Uh, one, uh, 115 has arrived at the bus court. Please make your way out to the bus court at this time. That's the beauty of talking to high school coaches right there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then um, so so it's been really good. And then uh, you know the last guy that he, it's funny because he's like he's a guy named Gerald Fagel. He's from Jersey, but he coached with me on regular staff here for I don't know six, seven, eight years. But now he's an administrator, so you know he, he's like a assistant principal or principal at a at a elementary school. But I'll still call him because he's he used to be an official, a wrestling official before he became a coach. So I'm like, okay, wait now, we choose odd. They have to put their guy out, or we have to put it out. We have to put it out. I just want to make sure. So, like, he's like always on the phone or in front of the computer. So, sometimes, uh, I mean, you know, when we ask him to, from a wrestling standpoint, you know. Gotcha. So, so I got to throw him up there. He's not official. You're not really on staff in the day to day, but but he's he's extremely helpful. For I feel us. like every school has a guy like that. That yeah, not officially on staff, but you'll definitely see him around from time to time. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, I mean, I was in Macon this past week or whatever, you know, covering uh, the school. I, I So I covered for Lumpkin or whatever. And, um, and and one of my major takeaways was just, I mean, how hectic is it on that, you know, on the court down there? Where, I mean, where you have all the mats and everything and, and how important, like, where does, you know, having good assistant coaches come into play? Because, I mean, there were times, you know, where, I mean, I'm covering them and they have, you know, two guys going over here, one guy going across the floor on the other end at a different mat or whatever. And if you don't have, you know, assistant coaches that you also trust to coach those guys, then, then what do you do? I mean, so, so how key is it to have assistants, you know, that you trust, you know, in those situations when you're competing at state? Well, I mean, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. It's first, first one you hear someone and, you know, Hey, go to mat three or I'm going over here. You know, it's not necessarily a, a perfect system to it. You know, but there's other times where it's like, hey, I, I, you know, if this kid's really good in a certain position, like to say, you know, hey, you know, Metters, you've been working with him on that. You make sure you're in his corner when he gets called up in that big match, you know, or, you know, you're the heavyweight coach or you're the lightweight coach. Try to be there. If you can't, you can't, you know, and then, and, and sometimes, so, you know, sometimes they don't all, it doesn't all work out, but, um, you know, for the most part, you know, I, I definitely trust all the guys, um, as far as making decisions in the corner, but you know, coaching in the corner is a little overrated anyways. I mean, you know, you're, I like to think that if, if there's 50 matches I coach in a weekend, I probably only made a difference in the outcome in about five of them, wow, you know, really? which, I mean, I guess five, if it's you're the five, it's important, I guess, but <laughs> you know, you know, but I mean, it's really, I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, it's like that, that um, saying that is like, you don't win the tournaments, you know, at, at the tournament, and you just go there to pick up the trophy, you know. Uh, but it's kind of like that. These kids wrestling so fast, if it's done right, and things are happening so fast and, and scrambling and stuff like that, hey, usually by the time you yell it, it's too late. Right. You know. Yeah, and, that's what and, I was going to say. Like, or the other guy hears so it at the same time. Yeah, right. So, you know, there, there could be some definitely – there's some 
you know, some coaching that can happen that can help uh, in good matches sometimes. But overall, you know, we're not as important as we might like to think we are sitting in the corner, you know. No doubt. Gotcha. So as far as the support from the community goes there in Camden County, is it pretty good support from the, the family and the administration and even the, the fellow student base? Do, does the school and the surrounding area take pride in the success that the wrestling program has had? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, especially, you know, it just seems like, you know, lately even more so than, than in the past. Uh, you know, our, our new our principal, we, we just he had like a parade send off for the kids. Um, he wanted to recognize him in the basketball game. You know, he, he's really, uh, you know, he, he showed up, drove up to the state dual championship with his wife and watched. I mean, you know, it, you know, so, you know, in, in that aspect, absolutely. And, you know, and they've support me. Our facilities are very nice. Um, you know, you, you got to fight, you know, you, you'll always have to fight because if you're not, if you're not fighting, someone else is going to take something that's yours, you know? Um, and or something that you've earned or you deserve or, or that's that's it's only right that you get it but then people aren't going to just hand it to you um especially you know in a sport like wrestling you know it, it's a lot of its culture so like you know if i'm in new jersey or new york or pennsylvania or ohio and we've won seven state titles then you're probably the mayor of that town you know radically right. whereas that's not really you know i don't want that anyways but that's you know you still as even if you're successful you're still coaching a sport that's not is culturally well known or are part of their tradition. So, you know, sometimes you, you know, you still have to remind someone, Hey, you know, that's our time or that's, you know, we, we did this first, you know, and, and so we should be able to have that, you know, it's not, you know, it's just the, the Red Sea doesn't just part for you because you have success. You, you kind of still gotta, you know, still gotta fight for what's right or what, what you think's right for your kids or your program. Um, but, you know, overall, I mean, it, it's definitely, I can't, you know, I can't complain. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, if I, well, I guess I could complain. If I have a complaint, I'll complain. But for the most part, I try not to complain, and I am pretty happy. And, and we do have uh, very good overall support. Gotcha. And just looking at your, your facilities from your website, obviously you guys have some top-notch stuff. Your wrestling room looks like it has a ton of mats in there and a lot of room. And you know, I covered some schools in the past where they have nothing like that. You know, they might be, they might have to set up some mats in their cafeteria after school and that's what they wrestle on. And I guess at the end of the day, if you're, if you have good wrestlers, they'll wrestle anywhere and practice anywhere. But for you and having to, you know, go and try and recruit students, do you use that as a selling point? Like, Hey, look at our facilities. We have some of the nicest in the state and, and, you know, come in here and look at this. It looks awesome, and you're gonna, you you know, look at this nice trophy case. We have this huge trophy case with a ton of trophies in it. Um, so, is that? Do you use the the facilities you guys have as any type of selling point to recruit students? I mean, I think that the middle school kids think it's cool when they see it for the first time, but as soon as you start working, none of that matters. Right. As soon as kids start sweating or someone starts beating the crap out of them, none of it matters. Yeah, they can play video games at home. You know, so yeah, they are cool and nice to look at, and I'm proud of them. And and and, and I think the sorry, if anyone needs a job as a bus driver, hiring. Poor bus drivers are having to do double shifts. You know, take them right. home and they come back, pick up the second group. You know, take them home. Right. All just to get complained by the parents. 
you know. Exactly. But anyway. So obviously this season, everybody had to deal with COVID. Thankfully, looking back to last year, I was glad that everything got in just in the nick of time before this all went down. So how did COVID change you guys this season up? And, you know, in the summer, I'm sure you, I know you guys have done camps and stuff a lot. So did that mess all that up this past summer? Um, you know, I, this is going to sound very arrogant, but I'll just say it. I was very scared when COVID happened because we do a lot of our development in the off season, you know, and that that's where we catch up with teams that are like when we graduate 10 and someone else only graduates four, they could beat us the next day. But our philosophy is, is by the time January, February comes around, they can't beat us, you know? And so I knew as soon as the COVID hit, you know, the, you know, there's going to be no weight training. There was going to be no, no, you know, weekend tournaments. There was going to be no, you know, two on ones or four on ones like that, you know, all the development. Then in the summer, we're not going to have a big camp. We're not going to be able to, you know, so I was, you know, I, I felt like in a, in a, in a, I guess, I don't want to say in an egotistical way, but I felt like it was going to hurt us more than it was going to hurt anyone else. Because a lot of teams we compete with, they're ninth graders that are really good. They were already really good in sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. You know, they're kids that are coming from those training centers in Atlanta, and they've won three or four youth titles. So they could take six months off, maybe even be better just because they took six months off. Our kids still looking to have Nelson at the end of ninth grade. You know, they, you know, they still, you still got to teach them how to hand fight, you know. And, and so I just like really frustrating for me saying, man, we got to put a team on the mat. You know, if, you know, obviously hope the season, you know, everything was going to work out that, that we're not having the same amount of time to develop as we're used to having our opportunity. So, so in that way, it, it, it you know, it affected us. Um, now the, the good and the bad thing is our school system said, you can't be on the wrestling team unless you're in face-to-face instruction. You can't be on it. You can't be in the band. You can't be in a football team. You, you can't even take AP classes unless you're on campus. Um, that's the decision they made. If you want to go virtual, that's fine. You have that option, but you're not going to do after school extracurricular activities. So that was the good thing is that my kids were on campus, you know, and which made it easier, I guess, to have access to them. The negative thing was, is they got quarantined, you know? And and so, you know, we, we, I'd say every week there was a different kid or different two kids, you know, quarantined, um, you know, we had a kid that won state title. He was quarantined in December, you know, he, and, and, you know, he didn't have it, he, you know, but he was within, you know, six feet or whatever of a stu- another student that had it. So, you know, so it was, a, it was definitely a battle and it, it's, I couldn't, you know, all the way up to the day that we left for the state tournament, I was like, we just need to get on that bus and get out of town. So we have the team that we have, you know? Right. And so, so the good was is we, we had to be on campus. The bad was is we were at a little higher risk of being quarantined um, uh, than anyone else. But you know, or the kid for teams that didn't have to have face to face instruction, right. you know, they could get quarantined from home or from you know something like that. But you know the the battles of a in a classroom, you know, 30, 40 kids in a classroom. I mean, you know, one kid gets it, is you know they just do this little circle around them. While all these kids got to go home, you know quarantine so right so that was a little scary uh but it seems like it all it seems like it worked out i mean you guys were able to accomplish i guess your biggest goals and and have what three guys win individual state champs so you feel like for the most part um the season went off with without many hitches yeah absolutely you know and and at the end you know the administration 
uh, you know, I just, I was trying to think of any way that we could possibly avoid these kids getting quarantined that aren't sick. Right. You know, and so that, you know, we, you know, we basically, basically the kids had to go and ask, you know, hey, can I please sit over here in this corner? Can I please, you know, you know, whatever I can do to keep myself socially distanced. So that way, if a kid does, you know, get, you know, positive or whatever, that it won't, it won't affect me, you know? So, you know, a lot of the teachers worked with them, you know, some teachers said, yeah, just, you know, we, this is a lab, you know, we got this amount of space, this amount of kids, I'm sorry, you know? And so it was, it was definitely a trying time, but administration, um, you know, did, did as good a job as they can consider in, uh, in the circumstances to keep the kids eligible. Right. 704 is pulling up. If you are riding 704, please go to the bus port at this time. With, um, as far as tournaments go, did, were you guys able to enter as many tournaments as you would have liked this year, or were a lot of those uh, had to, well, no, didn't go to it, as many? It, we had to be creative. Um, you know, no, we didn't have a traditional normal schedule, but we made the most of it. So like, um, we do like round robin events, you know, we'd have, so you, you could only have a certain amount of mats per amount of teams you had that kind of stuff. So, um, we just had to get creative. We, we'd hosted a couple more than we normally we don't host any in, in January, except for the area championships. Well, nobody else in North Florida could host. And they couldn't travel and stay the night at other places. Right. So all of a sudden, we became a hot commodity. They were like, hey, if you'll host something on this date, we'll bring our team and you know, and a couple good teams. So I was like, okay, we'll host because we're allowed to host. We just had the, you know, the GHSA rules we had to go by and, of course, our school system rules. So then all of a sudden, you know, we were able to host a couple weekends in a row that we never uh, get to host. And when you host, you could kind of dictate the brackets to make sure, you know, the best kids are wrestling the best kids and the JV kids get uh, some mat time. Um, so it, it ended up, um, you know, being a positive thing uh, that I think, you know, the schedule and, and you know, so it, it worked out all right for us. We, you know, we didn't have anyone undefeated to go into the state tournament. So it was, it was a good enough schedule. Right. So what, what do you and, and your team get jacked up more for? Is it, do you guys prefer the team duels? Do you take that? You, do you take more pride in winning that as a state championship or, or are you guys more take more pride in the traditional side? Um, so definitely team duels. You know, we have our, our program motto is PTI, which is program, team, individual. Um, so what's best for the program comes first. And, you know, so that means if someone's, you know, hypothetically, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be a negative thing, but if, if it's a, a problem thing and, hey, he's a freshman, he's a problem, and he won't get right, if we can't get him right, what's best for the program is just to get rid of him now. Or, you know, you know, whatever it is, you know, the program supersedes the season. Uh, team is basically that season what's best for the team right now um and then individual comes last and okay if this doesn't hurt the program and this doesn't hurt the team what's best for this individual and and um, that's kind of our motto and that's what we went by so i think that i think our kids do get hype for the state duels i think we're a better duels team almost always than we are an individual team um and, and that's because i don't think we have a lot of holes you know we'll have kids that aren't state placers but they're not necessarily just going to go out there and roll over and get pinned you know right they're going to fight for themselves in the in the program and the team, you know so so I, i'd say duels for sure you guys went up against a, a really good team in west Forsyth there in the team duels championship that's a team that's been on the rise for the past two or three years you know got the the big time heavyweight uh dylan fairchild yeah. that's going to uga for football um 
you know, did you guys know all along that was probably the team you guys were going to face or I guess with the, how the brackets yeah. work, you might not know ahead of time. Well, we, we suspect all along that that was going to be the, the uh, team to beat for the for state dual championships. Um, you know, Colquitt, we, in our own region, we knew we had some, you know, some good teams, you know, Lowndes and Colquitt, um, and then Tiff turned around and beat Lowndes, you know, so we knew our region was tough, but, um, we thought that West Forsyth was the, the team to have to beat, um, uh, you know, based on who they returned and then maybe a freshman or two that they were getting in. Uh, we knew that they, we were vulnerable to lose to them. Uh, you know, if we didn't train well and, and wrestle well at, at, you know, on that day. Um, and as you know, even though the score is lopsided, like I said before, they, you know, we could lose that duel. We wrestled that duel meet again. It could happen. Um, you know, obviously we do everything we could to not let that happen, but you know, they, they had an, they had enough kids that if we didn't wrestle well and they wrestled well, we could lose. So right. yeah, they were, they're a good team. And then just looking at you guys' region, I mean, you guys win it and, and Colquitt finishes in third and Lowndes finishes in fourth. I mean, that's a, a ton of talent just right there, right down there in your own region. Yeah. They, um, you know, all three of those, uh, you know, are good, you know, have different, I guess, advantages and different reasons they're good. And, 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 uh, they're all quality, quality programs. And, you know, it's just, I guess it's, you know, we, we've been scrapping with them for years and, uh, you know, we managed to, to stay ahead, but you know, some of them have closed the gap and, and, uh, we just, I keep, keep doing what we do and, and hope we can stay ahead of them, but I'm happy for them. I mean, other than us, I, you know, I want them to beat everybody, but Camden. Um, so, you know, right. I like the coaches and they're, and they're good guys and they, and their, their kids are good kids, you know, kind of like that rooting for conference, you know, people, everybody, you know, SEC fans, you know, or whatever, all kind of pulling for their same group. Um, and so, I mean, as far as this, you know, this season's team goes, uh, I mean, what would you say about this year? I know you talked about, you know, kind of, uh, you know, maybe being a little worried, you know, as far as like the amount of people, you know, bringing back and everything going into, you know, these last few years. Um, I mean, what would you say, you know, about this particular team this year, as far as, you know, compared to other teams in this, you know, in your program's history? Um, I think the, you know, this year's team and last year's team are very similar. You have a lot of question marks, a lot of first year starters, a lot of kids, you know, you know, first of all, you know, being your teenage years, you know, self-esteem's an issue anyway, you know, whether it's hidden or, or obvious, you know, self-esteem's an issue. So when you're going to be a first-time starter on stage, you know, defending state championship team, you're going to ask yourself, am I supposed to be the guy? Am I supposed to be a starter? Am I good enough? I'm not as good as he was last year. He used to beat me up. Now I'm the guy, you know. Right. So I think that those question marks are, you know, they're not as bad for our staff because we see, you know, the big picture and we know other kids graduated, you know, we've gotten better and, you know, and we pay attention to common opponents and, and, you know, we beat a kid from Florida that was a state qualifier. We're going to be fine. We're good. You know, but, but, you know, that, you know, that's our experience and our age, whereas those kids, you know, don't have that. So that's been the hardest thing the last two years was having so many first time starters, you know, and, trying to get them to believe in themselves you know that they uh you know they belong and they can win right let's talk about your team a little bit and uh, i know you had three guys win an individual state title had a uh, several other placers at state so um just ha- kind of highlight some of your your guys this year and and uh, all right give them some shout outs i'll go through 
I'll go through the lineup real quick. I'll try to make it quick on each kid. Um, at 106, uh, Daniel Fredericks, he, as a ninth grade, he's a senior this year, first-year starter. As a ninth grader, he probably weighed about 148 pounds. Chunky, obviously short, still short, but chunky kid. Um, and then in 10th grade, uh, he weighed about 136, you know. And, um, you know, it was a, you know, out JV, you know, not even B team. And then um, – and 11th grade last year, he's like, Coach, I want to go 120. I, and I, I knew he couldn't start for us at 120. And I was like, you know, and I don't like for the kids to cut weight. In general, we don't want we don't cut much weight. But I definitely don't want my B-team kids cutting weight, you know. Cut weight for the state tournament, you know, sure, that makes sense to get in a spot in the lineup or whatever. You know, that, that sounds okay. But, but like, for a B-team kid, I don't want you – because that's, that's the worst part of the sport, you know. Why, you, why do you want a kid to feel – you know, discourage, you know, you know, let's, let's worry about when it matters. But anyway, so long story short, he's like, I can, um, if I go 120, I can be beating. I can go to these varsity tournaments and such. And I was like, well, let's just see what the hydration test says, see what you're allowed to go and, and see how you feel. And, you know, let's not worry about weight class right now. Let's just worry about training. So, you know, a month or so later we get in the season and he's like, I can do it easy. I weigh 126 right now. You know, I'm like, well, okay. You know, so anyway, so he ends up doing that last year, going 120 all year. He looks good, you know. Can't start for us, but he but he does a good job. Well, then this year, he comes in my office, and you know we we're kind of knew that we we're gonna have to put a freshman out there at six. You know, we said right, we're giving up six to West Forsyth. That's a given, okay? Because I had a good freshman in, so you know, that stinks, but okay. And so we're gonna, you know, probably gonna give up six at heavyweight, give up six at 106. The bookends, that's not good, but you know. Well, anyway, the kid walks in my office and goes, and he's like, you know, tearing up. And I go, what, what's, what's going on, man? What's the problem? He's like, I don't want to not start my senior year. I can make eight. And I go, Fred, wow. I said, dude, you're not, you're not going to make eight. That's, that's stupid. You know, no, I, I can do it. I coach, I can do it. I only weigh, you know, 118. I go, you do look a little thin, you know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, have you done anything to be looking like this? You know, no, no, sir. I've just been eating good and been getting extra workouts and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know, man. You look thin now, you know, and, and he was like, well, I said, same thing I always say. Let's wait for the hydration test to see what it tells us we're allowed to be that before we start getting any, you know, wild dreams here or whatever. And, and, you know, the hydration test came back. He was, you know, I think he had to appeal. Uh, but uh, it was within reason. And so I said, well, let's, let's give it a shot, you know? And, and, um, and he did, and, and he made it and he, he made it like a champ. Never, you know, he probably, you know, acted miserable less than any kid that, you know, he, he had legitimate reasons to be a little uncomfortable, you know? Um, and he was great, you know, and he performed great, you know? And so he, he's a great story, you know, because, he just wanted it, you know, it's always, you know, I tell the coaches and anyone, it's always a better idea when it's the kid's idea, you know? Right. So, you know, if I'd have went to him and said, Hey, I need you to make, first of all, I would have never done that because I could probably get fired for doing something like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, he came to me and was like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. And his mom's a nurse, you know, and she's, she's like, no, he can do it. I'm, I'm all in. He, he, you know, I was like, okay, you know, we'll give him, you know, we'll do a practice run before state, you know? Anyway, so that was a cool story. Um, 113, it was, he's wrestled Matt Morton. He got third in state for us. Uh, tough kid. Um, had an up-and-down year, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he, he lost a couple of matches that we didn't think he should lose. Um, 
you know, I don't know if his mind was right in all those, but he got it together, pulled it together, and finished third in state. So we're super happy with him. 120 is uh, Riley Dahlgren. He's a state champion for us. Um, he's a junior. Um, again, he was a he's a whiny little kid a, a year and a half ago. You know, he, you know about 106. He wasn't even cutting that much. You'd cry. I quit. I hate you know this, and I'm not doing that. And his older brother was a um, state placer and a good wrestler for us. So I think he felt a little pressure from that, and you know, and everything else. But uh, anyway, he was just awesome all year, you know. Uh, and he and he won a state title. Um, and then uh, 126, we had a freshman, Colin Weaver, um, uh, state champ. I mean, for a freshman, that's phenomenal. You know, there's some good kids in the way. You know, I just uh, first thing I said to him when he came up with the mat is like. I remember you with your little mohawk. I taught you when you were in first grade, and now you're wow. friggin' state champ. And then uh, 132 was Caleb Clark, state champ. Um, tough kid. Came out for wrestling in late ninth, ninth grade. Um, you know, just just kind of just dominated throughout the tournament. We felt like he was going to do that, and he did. Um, so he's a senior, so we're looking at schools for him. He's getting ready to take some trips um, with Coach Fernandez, is taking him around the country, I guess, on spring break. So that's pretty awesome. Um, on 38, Anthony Doyle is a junior. He had a tough weight class, uh, finished second, lost to, you know, stud from Collinsville, two-time champ. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he's back, and he, he did a great job. Uh, 145 was Porter Bryant. You know, he, he won a wrestle off uh, – at the end of the season to, to represent us and, uh, you know, place the state, took advantage of it. And, uh, so he's got another year coming back, uh, 152. Kind of limped into the state tournament with our 152 pounders. He had some uh, issues with his knee and stuff like that. So he's going to get that fixed. But he still uh, won a couple of matches at the state tournament. So and he's got another year coming back. Uh, 160, uh, another kid that went two and two at state, Chris Warding, who, you know, he came in between eighth and ninth grade. He came out for wrestling and he was a chunky little kid. And, um, you know, pretty soft kid and a nice kid. Uh, but unfortunately, most nice kids are soft. Um, but anyway, uh, he he uh, he uh, has physically matured and worked his butt off and won a tight wrestle off at the end. And started for us, scored, got a couple of pins at the state tournament. Um, 170 was uh, Kamari uh, Johnson. He played second in the state. Um, you know, uh, he, he's, again – started wrestling in eighth grade i think maybe ninth grade um he's got another year left so he, you know he'll be good of course next year 182 is a sophomore Britt blair he finished fourth in state and um uh you know he's probably his third year i think he started in eighth grade his older cousin got him wrestling cody heron who was a state runner up for us um so you know and then 195 is deontay dozier he plays fifth um he's got another year and uh he, he he's going to be really tough next year uh you know, he's really disappointed with he lost an overtime match to the state champ and kind of fell back and it was winning a third and fourth place match by about eight and got you know caught in some bend and so anyway it's pretty frustrating but but uh he'll be great and then 220 was a senior and he's a state runner up Garrett Gaston um and he's looking at, I think he's he signs in Indiana Tech tonight and then our heavyweight was Anthony Yancey he was a junior and he plays third in state and that's his first year starting so we actually return a little more starters next year than we're used to returning the last couple. Uh, you know, so, you know, we still got work to do, obviously, but it's a little bit less, uh, I guess, of a loss than it has been the last two years. 
Do you guys still um do the the blonde hair with everybody, or is that just a one off? The because I remember seeing you guys last year, and I'm like, oh, here comes Camden County. Everybody's got blonde. Has their hair? Dyed yeah, blonde. I think it just kind of depends who the seniors are and the most you know the influence kids. You know, it, we didn't do it this year. Um, they did it last year, I think. Maybe the last two years they may have done it. Um, a lot of them, but um, I don't know. I don't really get. In, I don't really. I try not to pay too much attention to that because. Usually that's what they're wanting, so I usually don't give it to them. Right, you just kind of roll your eyes when you see that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I got a couple jokes for them. Don't get me wrong, but, <laughs> but. no doubt. Well, Coach, uh, we really appreciate appreciate you coming on, um, talking about Camden County wrestling. I know from the outside looking in, I uh, I know a lot of people respect Camden County wrestling and and look up to you guys and and want to you know build what you guys got at their school. And so the fact that you guys have been able to have this much success and not have a feeder program, like I, like, I guess everyone assumed that doesn't know you guys did. Um, it's just really impressive, man. I appreciate it. It's, it's the hard way to do it probably, but, uh, for sure it's rewarding. No doubt. Well, coach, um, you know, I guess you need to get some rest now that the season's over or maybe you guys got some other, you know, conditioning stuff coming up. I don't know what your guys' schedule is like, but, um, Mm. I have a seventh grade son, my youngest, and uh, so he's going to get in a tournament or two and take some of his buddies. Um, so be be looking out for that seventh grade class. They're going to be sure. pretty good. And do you know Jaquan Anderson? He's the one who gave me your number from Rockdale. I do. I yeah, do. Jaquan was our Disney Duels team. Awesome. Awesome person. Great wrestler. He came down, trained with us for a couple of days and stayed at my house when we went to Disney Duels. We don't usually let outsiders in uh, with our program, but uh, – he was a great kid, and and uh, I'm so happy for him. He's, yeah. he's doing a great job at Gardner Webb. I mean, just you know, he's yeah, he's he's an awesome kid, and you get that bachelor's degree, man. He's for set. Sure. So I had to give him a shout out for uh, hooking me up with your number. So, uh, yeah, he's doing great things at Gardner Webb. But all right, coach, we'll let you go, man, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll do this again sometime. All right, thank you. Thanks all for right. having me. See you, coach.